1: Welcome to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. Each week, Michael uses his coaching expertise to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Michael is a professional certified leadership, business, and life coach, serving as president of Professional Coach University, executive director of New Normal Coaching, and the lead pastor at Northwest Church. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's Michael.
2: Well, thank you for tuning in today to your discipleship coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. And I know it's the sixth, but let me say it again. Happy New Year. It's our first show of 2024. And I'm so grateful that you're starting off your year with your discipleship coach. So as we get out of the gate right here in 2024, the show that we're starting with is titled Growing in Christ. So this is the idea. The sky is the limit, so to speak. In 2024, how committed are you to growing in Christ? And this is, this is an exciting time of year for football fans and, and we're keeping an eye on college football championships and things are excited and we all have opinions about that. And, uh, and, and of course the NFL playoffs are, are a big part of this time of year. And, and I look at, at things and I, I you know you can watch these college games and these football games these professional games and sometimes we watch a young quarterback who throughout the year or maybe in the first couple seasons is much more strong in the position than when when he started and we say that the the quarterback is maturing. He's, he's learning to make decisions, smart decisions uh, in, in different circumstances. And this young quarterback is maturing. You know, one of the signs of maturing is an ability to not be hijacked by circumstances. Like that, that quarterback, you know, typically when the rush is so great, uh, an immature quarterback might throw an interception, but a more mature quarterback might take a sack or or throw a little pitch off to the side or throw the ball out of bounds. And it's recognized as maturing because that quarterback is not necessarily hijacked by the circumstance. The idea when you think about growing in Christ is faith should not be expressed through the lens of our circumstances. You know, there's a lot of circumstances that, that come at us. They're, they're good and they're in bad circumstances. But faith should not be expressed through the lens of our circumstances. Rather, circumstances should be navigated through the lens of our faith. So sometimes we try to practice faith and we're looking at, oh, I can have faith because things are going well, or I'm really struggling with my faith because things are going bad. And the idea should be this, my faith is strong. So no matter if it's good or if the circumstance is bad, I can lean into my faith in Christ and I can be mature in the Lord and navigate those circumstances. You know, one of the clearest evidences of being mature is, As a Christian is an increased awareness and an increased knowledge for the need to be in Christ. Not to be just in ourselves, but to be in Christ, to be what I would say rooted in Christ and to be dependent in Christ, in Christ working through us. This is the idea. If we want to grow in Christ— We have to realize that we're not theologically sound enough, we're not old enough, we're not smart enough, we're not experienced enough in circumstances and in life to make it. But we must root ourselves in the personhood of Jesus Christ. We must have a dependency on God. So we're not so much self-driven, but we're Christ-driven driven. So when we grow in Christ, this idea is that we would have a totally surrendered context in our life, surrendering to God, totally completely surrendering to God and his will as the driving force for our existence. So so spiritual maturity lies in our ability to recognize our need For Jesus. If you can recognize you need him, that's a sign of spiritual growth and maturity. So I'll say it like this human inadequacy and spiritual maturity are linked together. When we are inadequate as human beings and we recognize that that's the case, we realize that we need Jesus. This is what it means to be spiritually mature. And as we grow in Christ, the the title of our episode, Growing in Christ, as we grow in Christ, we realize that maturing in him takes effort. So as adults, we all grow older. We don't necessarily grow more mature. See, maturity does include a physical context. But uh, maturity also includes a a mental and emotional and a social context. I'd like to say it like this. Maturity is holistic. Maturity is holistic. You can have an older person that's immature because maturity is holistic. And the same thing is true in our faith. We're talking about growing in Christ today and talking about becoming spiritually mature. And spiritual maturity is, is holistic. Some people might be incredibly mature in, in a certain spiritual aspect in their life. And in another aspect, spiritually, they're completely likened to infants. Like, how can they be so mature in the Lord on one hand and so immature in the Lord in another hand? Well, one thing to think about is spiritual maturity is holistic. It's, it encompasses... Everything It has to feed into every area of our life. So today we're talking about growing in Christ. And to kick it off, I want to talk about learning to submit to God. So when we grow in Christ, we have to realize our inadequ- inadequacy is, is enough that we need to learn to submit to God. Faithfulness to God requires submission and humility, If we do not submit or have have disregard for unity, if we have no respect for authority, then our sinful nature will win out. The result will be quarrels because of of pride in our life, discord, shame. See, God's concept that we must submit to him and and surrender to his way is, is really what's best for our life. Learning to submit to God is something that, that benefits us both individually, and then learning to submit to God benefits the church collectively. You know, we're called to be submissive. We're called to be submissive. There's the, the Greek uh, word that, that really talks about submitting is it, it basically we could say it means to, hey, line up, get in line. It's like a military term, which means to line up under the leadership of those who are more mature, those who are over you, those who are leading the way. So when we submit to God, just likened to another leader, we submit means we give respect, the highest respect. And the idea of learning to submit to God is truly submitting to God in his ways, but it also includes submission one to another submission, whether it 's to God or as we worship Him by submitting one to another, is all about humility we 're taught to clothe ourselves with humility, so I, I have this. This gym bag that I use when I go to the gym, I've been doing this since last November. And here I am a few months into it. And I, I pack my gym bag and I get ready. I go work out. I take a shower in the gym and then I put on clothes for my day to go do my work, my job and to take care of that. I I, I put on the clothes for what I'm doing. And if I'm working out, it's one set of clothes. And if I'm going to the church to to, to work, I put on a different set of clothes, First Peter chapter five says this, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to elders. And here's what it says. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. So this is the idea is we have to put on humility like it's closed so we can please God. And here's why. Because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. First Peter continues, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. So that at the proper time, he may exalt you. Here's the idea. When we surrender ourselves to God, when we submit to him, he will raise us up in due time. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be sober minded, be watchful. And here's why we submit to God. We must learn to submit to God because 1 Peter chapter 5 says, This, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood throughout all the world. After you've suffered for a little while, unfortunately, suffering is part of the story. But after you've suffered for a little while, the grace of God, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So we're told to clothe ourselves with humility, and this is how we submit to God. We we must humble ourselves. So to clothe means to, to cover something up. To, to put on, like, like a, a servant would put on an apron to serve, and this is what we do. When we submit to God, we put on like the apron of service, or we drape the towel of service over our arm. We submit to God, and we're called to submit one to another. So today's episode, we're talking about growing in Christ, and as we are kicking it off, we're talking about learning to submit to God. Well, we're going to take a little break and we're going to continue the conversation. We're going to pick it up talking about humility and learning to submit to God. And we're going to bring this conversation to a point that will make you excited to keep pursuing God. Right now, you're listening to your discipleship coach partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I want you to stay tuned so we can talk more about growing in Christ. You're listening today on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. We're back. Thank you for staying tuned. You're listening to your discipleship coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith. I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. And that's the heart that I have for you is that you would be people that pursue Christ. So we're kicking off this year, 2024, with an episode titled Growing in Christ. And we've been talking about learning to submit to God. So I want to continue the conversation on humility as we submit to God. James captures this reference uh, that I already read uh, previously. And he says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. It's quite interesting that God's best for us comes in our surrender to him. If we don't surrender to him, we're in opposition to him. But if we surrender, we receive his grace. We operate in his grace proverbs three thirty four says toward the scorners he is scornful but to the humble he gives favor so why do we submit to god so we would be people of the favor of god you know what it says in james 4 7 and 8 submit yourselves therefore to god resist the devil he'll flee from you draw near to god he will draw near to you Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Here's the idea. We really can't exalt ourselves with any lasting um, accolades. But God can exalt us. See, God's the only one that deserves to be exalted or honored. Therefore, he's the only one that could truly exalt any of us. This is an essential attitude we must take before effective Christian character, maturity, or spiritual growth can be possible. God's plan for our life is far better than any of our own desires and our own plans. And God's plan, as we submit to him, yes, it's for our benefit. Ultimately, it's for his glory. So we must learn to submit to God. And I like this idea, I'll tell you one story before I get into the next kind of key component about casting your cares and anxieties on him. I can remember one time, way back in life, I was in Bible college, and I didn't quite have enough money to pay my school bill. And I thought, I didn't know what I was going to do here, and, and I was actually on a payment plan, and if I missed the payment, I was going to incur a bunch of interest, and One of my my, uh, uh, peer students, classmates said to me, you know, Mike, I wonder if that is God's way of saying to you that you're not supposed to be in Bible college. And I thought, I don't really care if I have to pay a financial penalty for the rest of my life. My calling is not what is in jeopardy here. And I just prayed and believed that God would provide for me. And he did. And I I paid my college bill. And there's a whole story there. It's a pretty miraculous story. But I learned in that moment to put my care in the hands of God rather than be anxious about it. Later in my life, I found myself without insurance when my wife and I were expecting our second child, and people were nervous for us because we didn't have the finances to pay uh, for the delivery of this baby. And it's, again, I can tell you the whole story in another time, but the idea was this. We had learned to put our trust in God earlier, so we, we did it again. And, and what we learned was this. Even though there is a story around it and it wasn't the easiest story— God took care of us, God provided, and his name is glorified, and I praise the Lord for that. When we learn to submit to God, what we have to understand is we're not responsible for all of the outcomes in our life. God is. Yes, we have to steward what he puts in ourselves and in our lives, and we plant seeds, but we must trust God. When we submit to God, we must trust him. But in addition to learning to submit to God, the second thing we need to do is we need to learn to resist the devil. Clothe yourself with humility and resist the devil. And here's a big word. I don't know if you'll like it or dislike it, but it's the words spiritual warfare. This thought is there really is a spiritual conflict between the ways of the Lord and the ways of this world and of man and of the enemy. See, the devil uh, gets a hold of us when we stray from God's plan. When we walk away from humility, the enemy gets a hold of us. And he'll attack us. He'll come against us. And what we learn is not just submit to God, but completely resist the devil. Devil. I read it already to be sober minded and watchful because the, the enemy's here to attack. We must resist the devil by being firm in our faith. First Peter five nine. Be firm in your faith. If you want to grow in Christ, we must learn to submit to God. But we must learn to resist the devil, not thinking like the world, but thinking like the principles of the kingdom of God. Consider that your will is the door which Satan comes prowling to attack. Satan is the adversary, but God calls us to self-control, which can be difficult. What's interesting, my wife, so my wife sometimes will, will have a snack at night. And uh, she'll have a little bit. I, I'm amazed at this because when she has a snack at night, she has this ability to eat just a little bit and save save some for the next day or, or a couple of days later. Now, I'm wired when I eat a snack. My, my My one way that I think is let me just eat it all now so it's gone and I'm not going to be tempted tomorrow. But the problem is, I find a whole new snack, and I eat that whole thing as well and and I've struggled in the past with self-control there. It's a little bit of an exaggeration, but you get the point. But it's kind of interesting self-control, like how can you make a choice to ha- practice self-control? Well, when we practice self-control, it learns from we learn because we submit to God, but we also learn to resist the devil. See self-control. Spiritual self-control demands that we resist the devil. And the only way to do that is that we draw near to God. We come close to God. So this idea of submitting to God and resisting the devil, it's like a cycle. One leads to the other, to the other, to the other, to the other. So the only way we can resist the devil is by being what the Bible called sober-minded, to be aware, to be alert that the enemy is active, Sometimes we think we're only aware of the fact that we're trying to pursue our own happiness or we're trying to live out some desire that we have in our life. And we overlook the fact that the enemy is looking for any crack in our spirituality. We must be alert that the enemy is, is there You know, it's kind of like this, back to the snack illustration, sometimes desserts will come out when we have a family gathering, and the only way for me to avoid eating them is if I just simply go to the other room where they're not in front of me. You know, sometimes uh, you're tempted, and we're all tempted to to be on our phones and to listen to too much music and too much social media scrolling, and the only way to avoid uh, falling prey to those temptations is to put the phone down. So part of Resisting the devil is removing ourselves from a context where the devil is at play. See, this is in direct opposition to what God wants when we remain with, with, the, with the playground for the enemy. The only way to, to resist the devil is to run after God, to pursue God, to persistently draw near to God. So Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says this, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need so we have to submit to god and we have to resist the devil the idea is that we would draw near to God. We can do this through times of prayer. And some of you have prayed and fasted just a time where we can find a place to to just draw in with God, to be in solitude with him, to be silent before him, to, to explore the pages of the Bible, to look at the scriptures like this is where we place investment. Sometimes we all have to suffer and that's how we draw near to God and we know that our circumstances are not the guide for our life but the idea is our faith our faith helps us navigate the sufferings and the circumstances of life. How do we draw near to God? It's to be in fellowship with him and with others. The idea is we would learn to align what we behave with what we believe. Can you align what you behave with what you believe? Hebrews says this, Let us draw near to God with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from evil, conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. The idea is that we focus on God, we pursue him, we have a clean heart, and we are clean or pure in our actions. You know, as you get started this year, you might say, I would love to grow in Christ— I want to encourage you to visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com and request uh, a discipleship coach to help you grow in Christ. You can take our free coaching readiness questionnaire and see if you're ready for some coaching. But here's the idea. We want to partner with you so you can learn and through encouragement to apply biblical truth in everyday life. We would love to support you. Just visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. You could click and follow the show uh, right here on the radio, or you could follow our podcast. As we start off the year, I want to thank you for listening. This show has been made possible by—your uh, your discipleship coach has been made possible by Professional Coach University. Maximize your potential at Professional Coach University, where you can become a certified coach or invest in yourself— through personal development opportunities. To learn more, visit professionalcoachuniversity.com. You can sign up for their email list and look at all of the courses and offerings by Professional Coach University. Hey, it's been a pleasure to kick off 2024 with you. You're listening to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. And as we start 2024, I want you to be encouraged to apply biblical truth to your life. As you pursue Christ, I'm for you. God is for you. If God is for you, who could be against you? Thanks for listening to Your Discipleship Coach on AM 1160. Hope for your
1: life. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. That's yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life.